Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. On today's edition of the Neighborhood Watch, Colorado on the move to the Big 12, according to Barry Trammell. It could be happening soon. Also, some money issues happening at Washington State and Baylor's quarterback situation. Blake Shapin named the starter. Let's talk about that in terms of the rest of the conference and quarterback timelines, because I think this signals a really interesting conversation that's going to be very important this year in Big 12 football when it comes to quarterback play, because questions will be asked of a lot of quarterbacks in very interesting spots in their college career and where their teams are currently. So a whole lot to get to. I'm Josh Neighbors, the host of Neighborhood Watch. You are watching us here on College Football Crystal Ball, part of 365 Sports Network. I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for watching and listening. We are now up on Apple Podcasts. This is our second episode of this show. And I want to say, first of all, thank you for all of those out there who sent some messages and, and really kind responses to the show yesterday. It was awesome to see you all just be glad to see me again. I was glad to see you all again, too. A lot of you on the comment section I had seen before. And so it was nice to be able to interact with you all. Actually, the Washington State stuff today, I was kind of wondering, hey, is there an appetite to talk about this? Because it happened a few days ago. And yes, thanks to your all's responses, that is the case. So what this is also going to iterate a couple things here. Number one, go back and watch yesterday's show. We talked about the Pac-12 and ESPN. Number two, keep those comments coming. Not just the positive ones about me, although I really appreciate those. But uh, what do you all want to hear about? What do you all want to see on this show? This is a show. It's five days a week. So there is plenty of time for me to carve out all kinds of segments and entire shows about the stuff you all want to hear about, sometimes multiple times a week. So keep letting me know what you all want to hear in the comments. If you guys can find us wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, that would be great. Give those, <coughs> excuse me, give those a like. Uh, you know, five stars, leave a comment too, please. Cause we're just trying to grow it. And there's other podcasts I think called the neighborhood watch. So help with this one. And that's one thing too, you know, guys, I built up locked on big 12. Now I'm here. I do need your all's help in rebuilding the foundations of, you know, kind of shows and whatnot and getting this out to other people and creating that community because I had to move places. Not everybody knows I'm here. And so your all's help is very much needed. So like the videos, leave the comments and also please subscribe to this channel guys. The subs, the subs in this channel have skyrocketed. We're on our way to 10K. Uh, we've got six days left in May. I'm not sure we can do it, but if you all could prove me wrong and help this channel, College Football Crystal Ball, get to 10,000 subscribers, that'd be freaking awesome. And then we can set some more goals as we move forward. But I appreciate you all being here. Let's get down to business. So yesterday, I was playing an afternoon round of golf after I'd done the show, and I saw Barry Trammell having a piece, Trammell's Scissor Tails. Is Colorado close to leaving the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Signs say yes. <coughs> so first, I want to say that um, Barry Trammell, you know, I know him mostly from the Oklahoman pieces about Oklahoma, about Oklahoma State, and also had some Big 12 stuff. But really, during my time at SiriusXM, Chris Plank and Gabe Biker, who I work with a lot, 
we're more familiar with Barry because they're Oklahoma guys, been around the conference, been around those schools longer. So their familiarity with him is there. So I will say it was strange to see Barry have something on this because it's not normally the realignment stuff isn't really in the Oklahomans wheelhouse. It is in some senses, but this was interesting to see from Barry's end. Right. So I think um, having a different voice come in is, is a, a you know welcome addition to the conversation, but just interesting. So he says that Colorado joined the big seven conference in 1948, stayed through its various iterations for 62 years. Could the Buffaloes be coming back? A big 12 source told me last week that Colorado is ready to commit to joining the Big 12, quote-unquote, soon. I thought it was interesting, but not necessarily a revelation. Lots of talk in this realignment-crazed college sports era. Most of it, it's not written on tablets descending from Mount Sinai. Fair enough. The Colorado comment has more juice this week after certain events. Washington State President Kirk uh, Kirk Scholes on Monday issued a variety of spending freezes in the wake of the Pac-12's financial crisis. The New York Post reported that ESPN and the Pac-12 are having no substantive talks. We talked about that yesterday. About extending the league's television contract, which expires in the summer. He also goes on to say, plus CBS Sports reported a couple weeks ago that the Big 12 officials were told by ESPN that the Big 12 would be one of the three leagues, along with the SEC, ACC, that uh, ESPN would air in terms of Tier 1 level. All of which cast further gloom on the Pac-12 financial situation. Um. Now, I'll stop right there to talk about kind of what, we, what we've seen here. So he brings up the no deal. He brings up the uh, financial issues at Washington State, which we'll get to. I think the one part of this, though, that is interesting is um, this Big 12 source. No, once again, not saying who, you know, I don't know who it is, not questioning the reporting. But the Big 12 sources have been kind of putting the pressure on for a long time, as they do. It makes sense, right? Um I'm very interested in the fact that it's an individual school because one theme that I've heard from folks in the community, in the kind of media community and kind of the entire college sports community is that making a leap like this for a school from one conference to another is, is a, once again, it's a brave move. Now Colorado, it's interesting because they've been in the big 12 before. So it's not like they've got this amazing long history in the pac 12. I think that's that's part one of this. Um, but once again, that that you know, and, and I think Colorado's move has to be more public. Now, I think a lot of you know, if Colorado has to do a vote or whatever, that stuff's all going to be settled behind closed doors. I don't think there's going to be some contested vote in public. That I could be wrong about that, but I, I mean, I think you all probably agree out there. Like, I don't think we're going to see some some meeting where a vote is taken where the vote's not decided. Like, you're not going probably going to take a vote if you kind of know where the tea leaves. Or, you know, you can read the tea leaves, you know where things are heading. So I think that is important that we should recognize like a vote probably won't happen unless they're kind of they're on the same page. So it kind of, you know, that kind of gets us back to the will they move by themselves? We've talked about this yesterday. We'll keep talking about it. But the idea that, hey, you want to partner and also Klyavkov, are you thinking with him? Uh, we want to make sure he has enough time to give us an offer but also to, you know, to show folks, hey, we gave him every chance. And the offer he gave us wasn't good enough. And so we can we can basically get off scot-free and say, look, we gave him every chance. and He didn't give us the offer that made sense. And I understand that part of it. But at what point, has been a lot of my point, is that we just kind of keep going in circles here. 
more bad news comes out, more deadlines get moved back, more uh, news about, hey, who's interested, who's not interested comes out. And, you know, we keep going on and on. And now we're in May and we're talking about next year's football season. You know, with the talking season, guys, I mean, colleges are out. Uh, you know, our, our interns showed up yesterday at the radio station. You know, and, and interns, internships, they go fast, man. Fourth of July, we've got Memorial Day weekend. Fourth of July, we're talking football. We'll be there before you know it. That television contract is expiring pretty soon. So in all of this, the clock is ticking a bit. They have time, sure, but the clock is ticking. The pressure is turned up. And, and once again, on the front of, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't have anything, uh, you know, they keep coming out and having people from universities talk about, hey, we're committed, we're committed, whatever, Pac-12. Uh, there's no TV deal, though, yet. And they have nothing to announce. So if you don't have anything to announce, you know, don't announce, you know, hey, uh, this deadline, this deadline, whatever. Just announce the actual deal. They have not done that. And so with all those things to be considered, the bad news keeps piling up. It would not surprise me if these schools are ready to make the move. And um, once again, I think most of them are like, we're going to give every single opportunity we can to the, to the, um, to George Klyavkov and the brass to help us make this move. But at the end of the day, you know, they don't come up with it. We have justification. And I think they're making sure that justification happens. Timeline, I mean, I, I, you know, next week, God, I, that feels relative, you know, relatively weird. But I, I also, part of me believes that, like, if one of them is ready to jump, the rest of them will. And I think there's also the idea out there that Utah is the most resistant to all of it, I think, by the comments of their AD, comments by their fans and whatnot. But look, guys, you know, you, I mean, this is business. I'll give you all an example. Dana White of the UFC, after one of John Jones' many snafus, said that John Jones will never main event another pay-per-view ever again. I think he's main evented three since then, right? Nick Saban says, I am not going to be the next head coach at Alabama. He is. And look, I actually, I'm not mad at these folks for saying this stuff. It's just how business goes. People say things in public all the time, right? That's, that's, there's, there's a lot of posturing that goes on with these things. And people go back on stuff they said because it just makes business sense to do so. Good business decision for John Jones to keep headlining pay-per-views. Good business decision for uh, for Nick Saban to keep on coaching, uh, keep go coaching Alabama. All of those things. So look, Arizona's AD, Arizona's president, uh, Utah's AD, Colorado's president. Uh, you know, and Colorado's kind of been quieter, but Arizona State's president. They they they've gone out and say stuff, but. Is anybody going to fault them at the end of the day if they have to make the move? No, it's just business sense. I don't think anybody's going to be like, but, but you said you were staying. Yeah, they're committed until they're not committed. That's how a lot of the stuff works, man. That's how a lot of the stuff works. We're committed to honoring the Big 12 until 2025, yeah, until a different solution pops up for OU in Texas. And it did, right? And it did. So I think that is the lens at which we have to think about all of these things is that, yeah, they're committed. And I've said this a bunch. They want to remain together. Until they don't, which makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and network suitors are either asking the Pac-12 members to take a financial haircut on a new television contract or proceed with a reduced distribution uh, with reduced distribution platforms, heavy on streaming and short on traditional outlets. The former has administrators scared and the latter has coaches leery. <coughs> Could the Big 12 with a television contract in hand on ESPN and Fox through 2020, uh, 2031 capitalized. So securing four Pac-12 members would raise the Big 12 membership to 16 and give the Big 12 coveted presidents in four time zones, 
a weekly late-night college football game in the West Coast is one of the few advantages the Pac-12 offers, and in the Big 12, gets such a corner on the market, it figures to enhance the conference's brand, both financially and promotionally. Um, he mentions the four corner schools. Arizona, in particular, seems a prominent Big 12 candidate with the Wildcats basketball tradition. And your marks clear interest in capitalizing on the conference uh, prominence in hoops. Utah seems to be the most reluctant of the core four corner schools, but it only takes one school from the remaining Pac-12 to create a domino effect. <coughs> if Colorado, which also faces financial dilemmas with its athletic department, jumps, others are expected to follow. This is another part of this, and I think we should now transition to um, Washington State here. But the financial piece, the one thing the Big 12 offers is financial security in two ways. Number one, the current contract is financially secure. You know how much you're getting. You know the fact that ESPN is going to offer a certain amount of money uh, pro rata. And also, I, I would assume this. Fox is most likely going to sign off on adding these schools. And because they have a smaller part of the deal, I have a difficult time believing that they're going to be like, we're going to offer you $2 million per school. Right. I think their share of the contract is around 10 right now. I have a tough time imagining Fox is like, we'll give you 2 million per school. No, I mean, it's going to be closer up there that they haggle some and these schools might take a short term, like little, a little financial loss, but think about the next contract guys. If the PAC 12 is weakened and there are four major conferences and folks, they will keep telling you about the ACC and they oh, ACC desire to leave. From what everybody has said, Bob Thompson was on the big 365 sports channel yesterday. And he said, guys, the reason why these things were created is because they're pretty ironclad. Tom Luganbill told me on Sirius XM college sports, uh, college sport, uh, sports Sunday when I worked there a few months ago. From everybody I've heard, lawyers included, it seems pretty ironclad. From folks I've talked to who are fans of ACC schools and around the industry, they say, yeah, the lawyers might say it publicly, but I haven't heard anybody think like this thing they can break, right? So, and also uh, the Big Ten doesn't seem like they're eager to, you know, they might be soon, but uh, maybe they've got some own financial issues they have to sort out before they're adding more schools. The SEC could easily do it. I think they're they're you know keen on doing so and making a super conference. Greg Sankey is kind of the and I'm wearing my Chelsea shirt today. Uh, he understands Premier League soccer. He understands Super Leagues. He gets all that stuff. So I think they would eventually. <coughs> but you see what I'm saying here? The Big 12 falls in line being one of those major conferences. They're not the SEC. They're not the Big 10. But their television contract does come up five years before the ACC. So you're not competing there. The SEC's contract, uh, I think it's mid-2030s. Whenever it comes up and they're going to get a lot of money too with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. The Big Tens comes up in 2031, so they'll be negotiating too, but also they're a big property. So it's the, the Big 12 is going to uh, be a part, I think, of anybody's schedule. It's not going to get Big Ten money, but still, they make sense because the Pac-12 was weakened and now you are in good position on your next TV contract. So there's security there because if the Pac-12 gets a TV deal done, there's no guarantee what's going to happen on the next TV deal. Especially now we're hearing news about ESPN being out. Where does that mean you're going? So if there's financial uncertainty, and Brett McMurphy tweeted the other day, Washington State President Kirk Scholes says WSU Athletics will have a temporary freeze on all current and future vacant positions until further review, as well as a pause on non-essential travel, purchases, and new professional development because of significant uh, significant decrease in Pac-12 
revenue distribution as a result of overpayments from one of the conference media partners that uh, must be resolved. Relocation, <coughs> excuse me, of Pac-12 headquarters out of San Francisco exceeded budget projections as well. Additionally, WSU projects that Cougar Athletics exceeded its expenditures for the year to an uh, adequate documentation of revenues and expenses. So this is one issue too, guys, college sports, you know, that everybody has to understand. Uh, and it's funny because when people say they don't have money to pay the athletes, this is why college departments, athletic departments, especially always basically just spend every dollar they have. Like they spend every single dollar they have. And it's sometimes it's worth it. I mean, just, you know, to, it's like, hey, like, what else are we pay for? You know, our, our job is to make everything the best possible. But at the end, they're like, there's nothing left over. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's because you were, you know, you're hiring more people. You know, you're putting more money into social media. You're, you know, you're putting more money into nicer travel because you want to make sure the athletes have, a, have good accommodations on the road and whatnot. All that stuff makes a lot of sense. Totally understand that. But that's, you know, that's the thing is they spend, they spend, they spend what they have. And then you get a situation like this where, whoa a bill has become due that we did not expect maybe multiple bills in this case have become due that we did not expect. Um, and this is a huge problem. And so this is once again, like this stuff is left behind and I feel bad for George Klyavkov because this is, you know, there's ineptitude, like there is Bob Bowlesby not checking up on schools and not being forward thinking enough, but he wasn't the only AD or only F, um, conference commissioner who was like that. And, you know, obviously adds more school. So there's that level of, you know, poor quality of doing your job. But then there's this. And Larry, Larry Scott's, you know, let's have San Francisco offices and, uh, you know, a big a Pac-12 in China, then Pac-12 network, like just missing the mark in so many ways. And then the media snafu with the, the Comcast overpay, <clears throat> you know, it puts them, uh, you know, puts them in a really difficult spot. And Washington State is one of those schools that's kind of on on the you know the the edges right now on the fringes of these conversations it's just not a good place for them to be now and so this this situation if, if i am the four corner schools and i'm anybody i'd think like how many more how many more uh you know of the of the dog you know uh the, the dog's poops underneath the sofa are we gonna find right you know hey dog left another gift for us Right. You know, that, that, how many of those are you going to find here the rest of the way through? Because that's kind of what it feels like. That's what they're dealing with here. And that's what goes to the Big 12 security. You know, everybody you're hearing about right now in terms of like bad news is the ACC. It is the Big 10, you know, with their their issue of moving the Big 10 championship game from different networks and not knowing about it. Although their TV deal once again is killer TV deal. So, I mean, that's good on them. They're, they're, I think their problems are there but like also <clears throat> that conference is making the most money by a lot so they should be okay and then the pac-12 obviously has got a ton of issues so the big 12 like you're you're hearing i mean for a conference that was kind of first in line to have the issues you're hearing about this energy you're hearing about you know this conference is trying to make moves uh the next fight i guess is to have their you know make sure they keep their uh baseball tournament arlington against the sec <clears throat> but the alignment of the big 12 right now it's it's pretty on there and, you know, if you want to use like the corporate speak, the synergy, the alignment, you know, uh, you know, basically how things are getting done, like all of those terms, uh, upward trajectory, progressive trajectory, like things are going very well for the Big 12. They're thinking about forward moves. They're not having to look behind right now and be like, uh oh, do we have anything we have to worry about that's behind us? No, they put OU in Texas behind them. They're adding new schools this year. OU in Texas kind of overlap one year. They're out looking to Mexico, They're looking for more expansion candidates. 
They're doing things in New York City. All of these things are considerations that they're doing, and they've got solid solid TV contract. At least to my knowledge, nobody is nobody's leaving. Now, that could change all the time, but I think Brett Yormark, hopefully he learned from Bob Bowlesby, hey, you got to check in on your members. You know, it doesn't seem like a Big Ten invite is coming for uh, Kansas right now. Could be in the future, but that does not seem to be the case. So the Big 12 has this solidness about it right now. They have this kind of, you know, this, this resolute uh, ability about it. And also, they've already weathered one storm. The Pac-12 hasn't fully weathered theirs. That's why I want to attach myself to this conference that withstood it moving forward and also wants these four schools to be a part of it. That's part of it, too. And I, I know, once again, the Big 12 flag is behind me. But, guys, a big part of this for me, a large consideration of this for me, has always been this, you know, during all of this. The the unsure nature of what's happening in the Pac-12. Man, the college football landscape's changing so much. And I cannot guarantee what's going to happen in the future. But the Big 12 is offering something the Pac-12 does not. There are not bad Easter eggs, you know, being found all the time. And these schools are, I, they're just searching for not, not you know, a, a life, life raft, but like any stable piece of driftwood at this point in time. And the Big 12 offers more than that. And how much more can you take? Like how much they will this has been trending in a poor direction for the league for a long time. I'm skeptical it's just going to start turning the other way. Could be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical it's going to start turning the other way. All right, so one more thing I want to hit on before we get out of here is the Baylor quarterback situation. And we'll talk more about this as we move on through the offseason. But on this situation in particular, the reason I want to hit on this one is this. So Blake Shapin is going to be a starting quarterback. And some Baylor fans might be upset about that. But here is my here's my thought, and this is something we have to watch the entire year in the Big 12 Conference. A- Iowa State's going to have this question. Texas is going to have this question as well. Baylor's going to have this question about quarterback growth and quarterbacks learning and quarterbacks getting better as time goes along. And, and to some degree, every school has this question. But, you know, l- the quarterback progression is not a linear one. Quarterbacks don't just in my opinion, like get better just every single year. That's how it works. Guys are getting better game in game out. It's improvement all the time. Yada, yada. That's not how it works. There are some guys where it makes sense, right? They show up. They're awesome. They keep getting better. Keep getting better. Like that stuff makes sense. Some guys just do get better. Some guys though, it's not linear. Like Blake Shapin, even in the first game he played awesome. First half against Oklahoma state. Eh, pretty, pretty dicey. Second half there against Oklahoma state. Right, not even not not that good. And then you have all these performances last year. Yeah, it's kind of scratched some heads. But the whole point about Blake Shapin was <clears throat> he is more dynamic as a quarterback than Gary Bohannon was, and gave them a better shot to win, or to at least make the offense, you know, more explosive and do more things. And I still believe that. And so I think it's not reasonable to think that hey, he might become better in year two as a starting quarterback uh, at Baylor as a full time starter, another full off season. You know, Spencer Sanders was an awesome player there at the end of his career. I know he dealt with injuries, but like that first half he put together, man, he he put away a lot of the bad mistakes he was making. Even though there was a massive, massive um, weight on his shoulders, I still thought he was playing awesome football. That game against Baylor, man, he was a killer in that game. He was an absolute killer in that game. And that shows you progression sometimes is not linear. And also I would say the same thing for a guy like Hunter Deckers. You know, <coughs> he was terrible last year at times absolutely terrible at times, but like he took a bunch of lumps and they're going into off season and they're changing the offense. And there's a chance for him to learn and grow. 
And then there's an opportunity there. And he's a big, strong, physical guy. He's got a lot of great tools. You know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of guys just, it's not, it's not the straight line we think it is. And that's, that's college quarterbacking. That's most of the kids that we see come around. Will Howard, great example guys was really bad at times. I was very skeptical of his ability to be a good quarterback. And you know what? They said, everybody says this to a man about Will Howard. Things slowed down for Will Howard. Things you could tell things were slowing down. The reads were slowing down. I sped back up for him against Alabama. That's going to happen though. But everything slowed down for Will Howard, um, you know, when he was fully healthy and you could see that happening for him. And that just happened. Like it, sometimes it does take two years. I mean, Will Howard, man, stuck it out. Like that was a situation where, you know, he'd gotten plenty of reps and you're thinking, man, is, is this guy got like, is he really going to be the heir apparent to Skylar Thompson? Or, you know, there's a reason they brought in Adrian Martinez. Where is this guy careers going? Well, he's the guy now moving forward. He's the guy on the, on the big 12 reigning big 12 championship team. And so that is the question of what does progress look like? I mean, John Rice Plumley this year, like, is he set up to have a Spencer Sanders type year where look, the running's there, uh, just becomes a better passer and finally rounds out that part of his game. Tougher to do against tougher competition. That's something we have to look at, I think, with a lot of these quarterbacks is, especially guys who are returning, but that we're super skeptical of. Um, you know, whoever's going to be playing quarterback at Oklahoma State, we'll see, right? But, hey, what does the situation for Tyler Shuck look like at Texas Tech? Does Barrett Morton improve? Uh, Donovan Smith at Houston is going to be a huge question mark. What does that look like for him there? All of these guys that we're mentioning here, it's it's huge. So I know Sawyer Robinson was brought in to compete, and I know people wanted him to compete. But it's not always going to be like, you know, it's time for him to compete. He's there. He's ready to go. We're going to do it now. It's not always not always you know the, the way it goes for, for new guys coming in. And also, is, you know, Blake Shapin ready to win and, and, and do all that stuff, you know, right off the bat. Well, we thought he was for half, but also, guys, stuff does take time. It does take time. And I think he's learning to be a quarterback. And he's, like, not this most amazing talented passer you've ever seen good player can definitely spin it we saw it in the big 12 championship game but takes time to learn definitely takes time to learn and decision making has to get better but that comes with age and the game slowing down all right that will do it for today's show you can find us apple podcasts uh on twitter at josh neighbors underscore at nwpod365 on twitter college football crystal ball or crystal ball college football rather please 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 subscribe once again, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, all those places you can find us. All right, folks, we'll talk to you.